O'Reilly and myself are going to give you who the Jets are now taking at 13. Or will they stay at even 13? Matt Reynoldson joined us on our Wednesday show, and we're going to tell you what he spoke about from the Green Bay Packers side of things now on JetCast. Hey guys, what's going on? As always, I am Ray. I'm joined today by the infamous Paul Riley. Paul, what's going on? Well, Ray, we had a very good twi- uh, Twitter space show Wednesday with Matt Reynoldson from CBS in Green Bay. And he told us some things that were actually were news. And people really seem to enjoy that show. Uh, Matt stayed with us for almost an hour and a half. And you know we can't promise such an interesting guest every Wednesday, but we can promise you we'll have you and I every Wednesday to talk about jet-related issues, and we will try to bring guests like that going forward. But he 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 actually told us some news with respect to uh, the Jets and the Packers and what's going on with the Rodgers proposed trade. So why don't we get into who Matt Reynolds is? Uh, you want to get a little into his background before we get into the conversation that we had with him? Yeah, Matt Reynolds is a, a real young guy, and he's a CBS sports anchor in Green Bay by way of Nebraska. Uh, he sort of hinted that he may be moving on, actually, at the end of the tele- our, uh, show. I think he's a guy who's probably got a pretty bright future in front of him, but he really, really knows what's going on, not only around the Green Bay, but in the NFL. You could tell that by his response to questions regarding some of the cap hits of various players. But the one piece of news he broke... Right at the very beginning, I asked him, I said, you know, we hear reports that the Jets and the Packers haven't talked in weeks. And he said, that's not true. He said, they've never stopped talking. They just, you know, they're in a disagreement, but they've never stopped talking. And that makes a lot more sense to me than, you know, the the two of them just wouldn't discuss this with each other. The general managers are friendly. And we know the coach is friendly. Uh, So what he said there made a lot of sense. And then after that, he just addressed... We, we asked him some questions about what he observed last year from Rodgers. And he said he doesn't think age is caught up to him. He thinks it was a combination of the talent or lack thereof around him. And he said he truly broke his thumb. He said that thumb was broken uh, in that last play, week five against the Giants. And it really hampered him tremendously uh, during the season. So that, that that's what, if you're a Jet fan, those are good things to hear because it tells you that Father Time hasn't you know, caused him to fall off a cliff from uh, an MVP year to last year. Right. And one thing that I know I asked him when we were talking is, how is Rodgers perceived in the locker room? We hear in the media everything going on with the COVID situation. There's always drama being, you know, around the team. And he's on the field. He's in the locker room. So I said, what take do you get? And you know what he said? He said his teammates love him. Like, there's no doubt about his teammates love him. They know how great he is. Yeah, is he a little bit of a character? Sure, but his teammates adore him. Alan Lazard's already practicing with him, you know, uh, doing off-season drills. So it's like, that's one worry that I had, was, is he an absolute prima donna? And I take a, a couple things I take away from, Rodgers will absolutely show up for off-season OTAs. They brought in the quarterback, Boyle, because he knows that the the Hackett offense. So things are pointing in a positive direction. And we've seen a couple of new things come about this week. Some of these conflicting reports, I'll say, is that now supposedly Green Bay is willing to 
do the compensation if, if Aaron Rodgers retires after one year for the 2025 compensation. But in order to do that compensation, Green Bay is looking for a fully guaranteed, no, yeah. no questions asked, first-round pick in 2024. And I just don't see the leverage they have to ask for something like that. I agree with you. I think the Jets are pretty adamant. The only way they're getting a first-round pick is if the Jets' performance under Rodgers earns them a first-round pick. I mean, I think the Jets would happily give up a number one next year if they made the AFC Championship game. I don't think they'd even blink. They'd be glad. Uh, but between now and the draft, there'll be a lot of other rumors floating around. Uh, you know, one of the things we discussed with Matt and – you and I have discussed in our spaces show, somebody said something that I found kind of interesting. I hadn't thought of it. They said, Green Bay may want to wait until the Jets are on the clock at 13. Because if there's a player they really want at 13, and they're concerned someone could jump into the 14th slot between them and the Jets, 13 and 15, and grab that player, they may ask the Jets to flip. Flip 13 and 15, and in return, not demand such a high pick in 2024. I think they're always going to get a second round pick this year, but mm-hmm. that's that, I hadn't thought of that. And that makes a lot of sense to me. If you're Green Bay, why not wait and see where you are? What if a, a terrific player they're really interested in on defense drops to 13? They don't want any other team to get that player. Well, they can be certain they'll get him because the Jets will flip with them. That's the equivalent of a third round pick if you use the draft calculator. So, you know, that, that's something Reynolds said, yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, the, he said, you know, I, he hadn't thought of that either. But it's an interesting idea. I still think this will go until draft night. I Now I'm convinced more than ever that this will just, we'll find out something. Drama draft again. Two years yeah. in a row with the drama. But I will say this. I'm going, you know, I'm like everybody else. I sift through every mock draft. Hell, I did my own mock draft. If you want to see that. You just go to jetcastpod.com and check out that mock draft. I actually have us taking uh, Nolan Smith at 13, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Because almost every mock draft that we see going around, the top two tackles are off the board. And I see a lot of fans out there saying, well, there's four top tackles in this draft. Doesn't mean that they're worth... The 13th overall pick. I see a lot of teams saying, let's take Broderick Jones. I think he's a complete reach there. And then I got to one of the CBS mock drafts, Chris Trapasso. And I think it's more realistic. He has us trading back to 18 in Detroit, moving up to 13. And then the Jets taking Broderick Jones at, at 18. Which to me makes a lot of sense because... One thing that Douglas has constantly done, if he's got to give up draft capital, he gets it back somewhere else. Like, we've seen yeah. he's already prepared to give away the second-round pick this year, but he, it's really a third-round pick because he gave away Elijah Moore in, in that trade. So if he's going to pick up draft capital, I can see it maybe going towards next year where you know he might not have a first- or a second-round pick. Maybe. I, I just think if you want Broderick Jones and near the New York Jets and he's sitting there at 13, you better take him. There's no guarantee he's going to be there if you trade down. I and We did um, matching mock drafts, and I, I had Jones going to them. I think that the guy who you hear and you follow the media shooting up the uh, draft boards is right from Tennessee. The offensive yeah, darn line. hell right. No thanks. I'm going to push Jones down, and I think 
you assume the four quarterbacks go. I I believe a team's going to gamble on Robinson and draft a running back that high. I really do. Mm-hmm. And so I think certainly Jones could be there for the Jets. You're I thought you were crazy, but now I've seen a lot of people who apparently are crazy too because they also have the Jets taking Smith. And I understand the logic behind it. He gets a chance to be an absolute game breaker as a pass rusher. And there aren't so many of those guys. You know, you just they don't grow on trees and you don't find them in the fourth round. So maybe that'll happen. But this is mock draft season. And these next two weeks are going to be particularly interesting because some teams are going to do, are make trades so they can get themselves sort of locked into a spot where they think a particular player might be. And uh, the next two Wednesdays, we're certainly going to discuss the draft, I think, unless Rodgers gets traded, as the main topic on our show. And, you know, we and I did the, the mo- matching mock drafts. I think mean, we'll probably discuss more of who the Jets realistically could get at 13 and at 42 or 43. I don't think you're going to have them both. I think one of them's gone. But, uh, you know, what if Green Bay just doesn't make a trade for picks this year? What if they want to make trades for picks next year and in 25? I, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine that. But if the Jets do end up having both 42 and 43, then they are uh, able to load up even more this year. I, just, I don't see that happening. I, I think it would be irresponsible for Green Bay, knowing they have to trade the guy at some point, to give up a draft pick this year when they know where the Jets are going to draft. They know the Jets draft 42, 43. They know that. They don't know where they're going to draft next year. Right. They might draft 63. You know, they just don't know. So uh, the next few weeks are going to be fun, but also a little nerve-wracking if you're a Jet fan because you keep waiting for the other shoe to drop from Green Bay. Right, and what you said, I don't think he's going towards draft night. I seen earlier today, you see some of these NFL outlets, I believe this was PFF who put it out there. The new, if you're if you're the New York Jets, would you consider moving into the top ten and giving up your third round pick to go get Carter out of Georgia, the defensive tackle? I think well, he's a special lost. talent. They already so, lost their third round pick, so you know what I'm saying. Well, no, oh, sorry, the second round pick it would cost yeah. you. So I'm like, so you'd have one pick in the top three rounds. For me, that's not a Joe Douglas type move. It's just not. Right. I think, it, you know, some team may try to move up to draft Carter if he falls. I don't think Carter's falling. I think the Detroit Lions are going to take him. I, I've thought that all along. Uh, in fact, I think maybe a team tries to jump into that three slot that Arizona's sitting in because they don't need a quarterback. I mean, whatever you think about Murray, they're married to him. So, you know, I just never see Carter, even with all the baggage that people throw at him, he's probably the best player. Right. You know, he probably is, regardless of position. That'd be a so hell of a defensive I, line over there, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And I just think he'll, uh, he won't get past uh, Detroit. That's my opinion. But we'll have, we'll have the next couple of weeks to discuss that, too. And there's players that always drop every year. I mean, sure. I, rem- I remember the Kyle Hamilton draft. Everybody had us taking him. You know, uh, nobody had us taking Garrett Wilson. It was always Jamison Williams. Not a lot of people right. had the wide receiver going to uh, Atlanta last year prior to Garrett Wilson. You know, how many people had Sauce Gardner going fourth overall? Or even... Buckley Buckley going in front of Gardner. I mean, Houston did the Jets the ultimate favor because they drafted Buckley. They were drafting a corner. 
and they took Buckley. They could have had Gardner. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. They so strange because he was coming off such a you know a big injury. He hasn't played in almost two years for crying yeah. out loud. You know, we'll, we'll never know this, but I'm curious who the Jets would have picked it for if Wilson was gone. Would they I think drafted? it was Thibodeau. I think without a doubt it was Thibodeau. Maybe. Yeah, they were go- they were going best player available. We heard what Sala said in the press conference yeah. prior to the draft. We'll yeah, we'll take a defensive back, but they better be an absolute unicorn because at that position you take best player available. So I think it was probably Sauce and Tibbs. Just yeah, I don't guess. think Buckley. I think that I'm still sh- shocked that Houston did when they took him. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I know. All right, everybody. I appreciate your time today. Yep, we'll catch up to you Wednesday nights.